this story is so fucking necessary for me to share in this moment as I also begin to claim my sexuality and my self-expression and I allow people to see me and my body on social media. And I really, like they cannot be separated and it's not from a point of wounding and victimization and pain. It's a, from a point of, I finally, for the first time, am willing to be seen. And I'm finally, for the first time, like deciding how it is that I want to be seen. And I'm recreating this relationship with sexuality. And this is a part of my healing journey that I've been so ashamed of for so long. Because when something like this happens to you and just for having a fucking body and being attractive, you want to run so far away from those parts of you. You disassociate. You say, no, that's not me. I'm not sexy. I'm not like, I'm not beautiful. I don't, because I don't want this thing to happen to me again. And there's so much guilt and so much shame. And uh, like in our minds, there's this idea of maybe I deserved it because I am attractive. Hi, my sweet angel loves, and welcome back to season two of Bad Witches Only. I am your host, Allie Schlenner. If you don't know who the fuck I am, I am a self-love and empowerment coach, an energy healer, breathwork facilitator, 500-hour yoga teacher, as well as the original bad motherfucking witch. You know it. All right. I'm so happy to be here. So happy to be back. It's so funny. I went to go record this episode approximately 1 million times. And every time I'm like, oh my God, I don't know if I can do this. What is, what is going on? I love podcasting. Podcasting is just about my favorite thing ever. And also to be real with you guys, it has taken a lot for me to restart this podcast for season two. I don't know why. I mean, Maybe it has to do with the fact that I'm doing a life at like life uh, lessons edition and I'm spilling literally everything I've been through or experienced in terms of the things that have made me who I am in the strongest possible ways. I'm spilling all of the tea on the internet, aka I'm podcasting about it and it's really vulnerable and Ah, says the person who posts basically naked photos of herself on the internet and shares just about everything um, wildly openly. And also there's something about this series that is so deeply connected to all that I am that it can feel or it has felt a little hard to separate like my almost my worth, my identity from the way that I share this. And as I speak those words out loud to you, I ask you to hold my heart in your hands with grace and love and know that in return, I am holding your heart in my hands. And if you have been through anything that is similar to this, um, or that is similar to the way that it feels to navigate situations like this, know that I speak these words for both of us. I speak these words to share the experiences and humanize them and to teach people that no matter what it is that we move through in this life, there's so much to be learned. There's so much to be appreciated. There's so much gratitude to be received and we are safe to feel them in the in their entirety and it's funny as well because the spiritual community um it's it can be really easy to spiritually bypass that which happens to us that which we experience and when it doesn't feel good. And there is research done as well that says when we speak about certain experiences, our body often has the same physiological reaction to what it is that we are experiencing um, in the present moment or what it is that we had experienced in the past in the present moment. And our bodies and our mind can't uh, separate them from one another because it provokes the same emotional response, which tells our brain that we are in the situation again. And 
I have done so much healing work surrounding these experiences, each and every one of them. And I feel as if I am in a place in my life where I'm able to share these um, and it's necessary for me to share them. And I don't know how many times I will be talking about this. I've shared that I'm writing a book as well. And the reason why I share these things, despite uh, the knowingness that it can bring my body back to that space and place and bring my brain back to that experience is because I know with my whole heart that these experiences that I have gone through are not just for me. I know that I am meant to speak about them. I know that I am meant to teach through them because there is no fucking way that the universe dealt me these cards and was like, here, this is just for you. Go try to crawl out of a hole. No, that is not how things pass through me. That is not how I transmute the experiences that I go through. I do the work that I do because the universe has presented me with the situations that it has. And I wouldn't be able to do this work without this experience, without each and every experience in the way that I do this work. And my whole life is about service. My whole life is about transmuting heavy fucking energy and bringing it to the light because I know what it feels like to be in the heavy energy. And I know that we're not meant to navigate from that space, but I know that there is so much to be learned from these experiences and the lessons come in, in the way that they come in my body, the way that I transmute them, the work that I am meant to do. I'm not saying this is the way for everybody, but the way they have come for me personally is through and sharing, is through being of service, is through sharing how you can find gratitude in the messiness is sharing what it felt like to experience this and then share what it feels like on the other side because each and every experience that I'm sharing with you was a sense of death and rebirth. And the death was non-negotiable in the experience. Like say, for example, today I'm talking about sex and trigger warning, sexual assault. And with that, a part of me died when I was raped, I, I died. Like I, everything inside of me just kind of melted away. And I'll talk more about that. But the rebirth was a choice that I had to consciously make. I had to decide to start living again. And I navigated the world for four years from a space of not choosing life um, and really just numbing out and trying to not feel because there was so, I had to learn how to live again. I had to learn how to choose life again. I had to learn how to cultivate a relationship with my sexuality and my sensuality completely differently than I ever had. And that choice to, to relearn and to live again was something that I had to that I was faced with in terms of I could continue the rest of my life navigating from this place and space of, yeah, uh, this isn't living. This is just not dying. And I had this realization yesterday when I was on my, my moto, I was driving to salsa class or well, salsa at, uh, after a class, it was the after hours salsa party and it was midnight and I was driving there. Um, and I was, I didn't have, I don't have a rear view mirror on my left-hand side of my moto. And <laughs> so I'm scoot scooting along and I was just thinking, holy shit, I spend so much time even still living my life based on trying to not die, making decisions of, oh my gosh, I don't want to do that because I don't want to die because I could die. And so rather than actually choosing to live, I'm just choosing to not die. How many times I have not gotten on my moto be because I'm like, I don't want to die today. <laughs> Due to the fear of dying, I haven't done so many things. And this was the way I really used to live uh, many, many years ago. 
But it's funny even acknowledging currently that these things still come up within me. And I don't know if it's just because I experienced a near-death experience, but I learned how important it is to actually choose life as opposed to just choosing not dying. They're very different energies. Um, So that's a little preface. But anywho, as I talk about this, uh, it's not easy. And you'll find that I am somebody who uh, loves to joke around and likes to go on tangents and staying in my body as I communicate to you what I am about to share is the work for me uh, on this end. And staying connected to my sacral chakra, staying embodied, staying connected to my breath and allowing my body to heal as I speak these words is a part of the magic. So if you are here, thank you so much for being here. And also I want to acknowledge the courage that it takes to listen to conversations like these because on the receiving end, there are also emotions and feelings and um, physiological sensations that will arise within you. And allowing yourself to go there with me in this container is huge. So I'd like to start before getting into the full experience about just a little bit of why I'm rebranding and how this experience is connected to that. So as I mentioned, um, uh, this relationship with sexuality after being sexually assaulted, after experiencing sexual trauma was something that had to be consciously rebirthed. And when we do experience any type of trauma, it's like after that death of a part of ourselves and the way that we used to be, we have this blank slate And some of us, like I did for those four years of navigating more through like numbness, with that blank slate, we can choose to not fill it with anything at all and kind of stay in the emptiness, stay in the numbness, stay in that feeling of, of, um, of, of void. It's like a void. And that's where I stayed for those four years when I was drinking a lot and partying and just trying to move, move, move and go fast. And then I had a really hard realization that trauma lives in the body. And that was when I got my DUI. And I'll talk about that in another episode. But um, having that experience was this huge slap in the face that I still had so much sexual trauma that lived within my body because when I was drunk, um, that's when it came out. And what it ended up leading to was my fear uh, and me being like extremely triggered by a situation that mirrored my sexual assault. Um, or the sexual assault that I experienced in the night, in the moment where I was drunk, um, that led me to drive and to run away. And I got in the car and I immediately hit a tree. But um, realizing, holy shit, there's been a lot that I've been avoiding. And that was when everything changed. And so that was when I first started rebuilding my relationship to myself in terms of sexuality because the sexual assault happened when I was sober and I could only have sex drunk after that for like many years. And I had a lot of careless sex and I hated my body, I hated myself, and I just like wanted to disappear. 
And so there was so much self-sabotage and so much pain and trauma that lived in my body that I didn't even realize. And I had begun my healing path at this point. Like I was doing yoga, I was meditating. I, um, it was right before I became a yoga teacher, but I was really on the spiritual self-development path. And still I realized, holy shit, I have so much work to do. And that's an extremely humbling thing along this entire journey of self-development is there's so much work to do. There's so, and it just continues to unravel. And I don't mean that in a negative way, because when there's work to do, that means we have more to learn about ourselves. That means there are more pockets to dive into of our being, of our healing journey that can then lead us to more fulfillment, that can then lead us to more joy, that can then lead us to more freedom, more liberation. And that path is through doing the work and seeing our shadows, but shadow work is the most important thing we can do for our healing process. So I'm just going to take a nice exhale there. It feels so good to release the breath. All right, my loves. So I would like to share, um, I experienced sexual assault when I was a sophomore in college, I was 20 years old and I was raped and the assault included, um, like being choked. So there was a lot of fear that I held around my neck area. And interestingly enough, um, a few years later, I developed a thyroid disorder, which is ruled by the throat. Uh, and a lot of my like disorders or issues, my area of vulnerability in my body is the throat, which I'm really just having this realization in real time. So I wanted to name it. Really interesting association there, huh? And so, yeah, I was raped and I had bruises, um, like all over my body. And I don't really want to talk very much about the actual assault. Cause I think it's would be really triggering for a lot of people listening. So I'm just going to say it, I had a lot of bruises all over my body. I was in denial for a while about what had happened. Um, I had a, a lot of friends at the time who, really didn't know how to respond. I mean, we're not taught how to respond to survivors of sexual assault and so many people saying the fucking wrong things um, (laughs) that perpetuate the wounding. And it was like so many times I would share my story and I just felt like I was being re-wounded or the trauma was intensifying. And Finally, I like reclaimed my voice and I joined Take Back the Night, which was an organization of my college and um, ended up becoming like the president of Take Back the Night. And that transformed my life when I started serving other survivors. And that was when I realized like, oh, I'm actually meant to connect about this. And that's where the healing lives. It lives in opening our hearts to one another and reminding people that they are safe for the first time to feel what it is that they've been through. And like, I remember telling loved ones and really anybody who hadn't experienced this, what I had been through. And it was always this look on their face of like, oh my gosh, she's broken. Oh my gosh, she's broken. There's something so incredibly wrong with her. Um, And I had people say to me, like, I can't believe this happened to to you, you're so strong and independent. And I remember at the time when I was still in this phase of denial, like, oh my gosh, this didn't happen to me. That when people would say things like that, I just felt like my entire identity was crashing at the time. Like everything was falling down in front of me and I didn't know who I was anymore because how could I be the person I've always been and be a survivor of sexual assault. And at that point, like the wording I even used was constantly like, I'm a victim of sexual assault. I'm a victim of rape. And the entire process of healing was, it was so layered, right? Like 
based on each individual person in our life and the way that they respond. And I remember some of the things that my loved ones said to me and how much guilt I felt because I could, nobody ever meant anything by it, but there was always just like, my heart breaks for you. And I was literally watching my family's hearts break. And I felt responsible for that. And somebody in my life said, that is, that's my worst nightmare to have that, that happened to you. And I remember just feeling the weight of my world on the weight of the world on my shoulders and thinking, oh my gosh, I made this person's worst nightmare come through just by existing, just by having a fucking body and feeling so much shame in my body. Like I never wanted anybody to see me. Like I never wanted anybody to look at me. And This story is so fucking necessary for me to share in this moment as I also begin to claim my sexuality and my self-expression and I allow people to see me and my body on social media. And I really, like they cannot be separated and it's not from a point of wounding and victimization and pain. It's a from a point of, I finally, for the first time, am willing to be seen. And I'm finally, for the first time, like deciding how it is that I want to be seen. And I'm recreating this relationship with sexuality. And this is a part of my healing journey that I've been so ashamed of for so long. Because when something like this happens to you and just for having a fucking body and being attractive, you want to run so far away from those parts of you. You disassociate. You say, no, that's not me. I'm not sexy. I'm not like, I'm not beautiful. I don't, because I don't want this thing to happen to me again. And there's so much guilt and so much shame. And uh, like in our minds, there's this idea of maybe I deserved it because I am attractive or whatever. And So it's so natural for us to want to protect ourselves and just run away from the, even the fucking idea that we could be attractive. And through that, we're perpetuating the, the feelings of guilt and we're continuing to blame ourselves and we're continuing to navigate from the void from the space of um, of numbness. We're continuing to navigate from the life of being dead and not choosing to be reborn. And as I embody all parts of myself, I also realize like, holy shit, it's human beings who judge. It's not the angels. It's not God. It's not divine. It's not source. It's human beings who judge me. And I am the one who judges myself the most out of anybody as we all are, you know, the voices, um, inside of our own heads are always way worse than the way that we talk to others. If somebody's mean to us, the way that they treat themselves and the level of meanness that they have for themselves is 10 times worse than than the way that they would ever treat anybody else externally. So the voice inside of my head when it comes to this is my only thing that I care about. And so it's absolutely fucking terrifying to um, put myself out there in this way in the world. And also I am the only person I have to impress. And the more that I reclaim all parts of myself, the more I feel connected to divine, the more I feel connected to spirit and the more I feel connected to my intuition and the more I continue to heal my sacral, which is my channel and my connection to my intuition, the more that I will open this space up within me and continue to be a divine channel. And of course, it's human nature to feel so much fear in terms of I'm an energy healer. I do breath work. I teach yoga. I'm a coach. I do these things. And also I'm a sexual being. And I can promise you because I feel it in my fucking bones that there are the next wave of healing that we're doing collectively is sexual. And I guarantee there will be so many energy healers, so many life coaches, so many um, entrepreneurs who are more deeply embodying their sexual expression as a way to pave the path for those who are feeling called to heal this as well, but don't know how. 
And we are doing this as a, uh, I don't want to say a model, but we are doing this to begin to understand how to deeply heal and express our sexuality and value it and, um, and, and radically accept and love all parts of ourselves in this way without feeling like we need to protect it. Um, but in a way that's like, nobody can see this part of me. So we're willing to be seen now and we're willing to do the healing work and we're willing to be open in this entire process in a really beautiful way. And it's going to be misunderstood at first. And I'm totally cool with that because as I mentioned, the only thing that fucking matters to me is my connection to my intuition, my connection to the divine and the fact that I am being of service. And I know that the healing work that I am doing and the way that it is being expressed through me is what is meant to happen. And so with that, that involves talking about some of the feelings and some of the uh, experiences that have brought me to this place of the blank slate in terms of I get to decide what I want to create here for me, for myself in this moment. So with the... um the reclamation of self, I unfortunately had to experience what I went through. And the only way that I was ever able to feel peace with this was through being of service and through finding gratitude for it in the lessons So here I share with you the lessons and the bits and pieces of magic that have come from this experience because it is really hard when we are in these moments to feel any type of gratitude for what it is that we're moving through because we feel so much pain and suffering and we feel our bodies um, rejecting us from the inside out. And it was the first time where I was really ever brought like fully to my knees in life in terms of questioning everything, in terms of feeling so much pain and so much suffering. And really, um, it was the first time I wanted to not be alive. I, uh, there was a lot of heartbreak as well. And the one person And this is, it's so interesting as well. Like the one person who I really wanted to go through, uh, wanted to go to through this experience and receive support, it was too much for him. It was too much feelings. It was too much everything. And I know now, obviously, I wanted him to like take away my pain and I had unrealistic expectations of him. And also feeling that rejection in that moment uh, after having this person be like my rock and my support system for like six years prior, it was, I remember thinking like, I'm broken. There's something wrong with me. Like nobody will ever love me again. And to be completely honest, as I sit here and share random tidbits of information as they come through um, in this wildly chaotic podcast episode, um, to be completely honest, there's been a part of me that's even since then has been like, oh, I need him to love me because that means I'm lovable. Oh, I need him to, to love me because that means I'm not broken. That means that there's nothing wrong with me. And he's the only person who could show me that. And that was all happening on the subconscious level. This was recently something that like revealed itself to me through a breathwork session. But because I was asking myself, why am I fucking obsessed with this person who I don't even want to be with? And I'm just being completely honest with you guys. Um, Why am I like obsessed with this person who I don't even want to be with for no reason? Um, We're not compatible. I love him with every part of my soul. He's an angel human. And also I have no doubt that we are not meant to be together. And 
also there's been this strange like subconscious obsession where I'm like, oh, we're going to get back together one day. And really that subconscious obsession was rooted in me believing that I wasn't lovable because I was raped or like I was broken or like I was polluted or like there was something wrong with me and feeling like he was the only person who could prove to me that I was lovable because he's the person who walked out of my life right when it happened. And because I was too much, because the healing was too much. And then I realized like, holy shit, Allie, you are the person who reminds you and teaches you that you are lovable. This is not up to anybody else. And regardless of whether he loves me or anybody else loves me, I need to love myself. And what do I need to do to support this healing journey, regardless of what anybody else thinks? And when I started asking myself those questions is when I allowed myself to live and more fully and come back to myself and start allowing the puzzle pieces to come back together. And this has been a journey of just unfolding the, and like uncovering all of the pieces that really broke open, that broke wide open during the sexual assault. And it's like, honestly, in that moment, my whole fucking world crashed down and everything that I knew felt not, um, relevant in a way. And that was also the first time when I realized we all have such separate coexisting realities. And I remember being at the library of my school, uh, trying to study for finals or midterms or something of the sort. I think it was finals um, or midterms, honestly, who the fuck knows? Maybe it was just a test. I don't know. I was trying to study for something and I was sitting at the library at a table um, for like eight hours and it was a Saturday and I was trying so hard to focus and I literally, I didn't think, I couldn't think my brain wasn't working. And I went into the bathroom and I looked uh, or I lied down on the bathroom floor and I just cried and cried and cried and cried and cried and was thinking about how there are all these people all around me in this moment in the library studying, doing their own thing. And they are experiencing whatever it is they're experiencing. And they have no fucking idea what I'm going through. And I have no fucking idea what they're going through. And I realized in that moment, like looking, um, when I got back to my desk, I, I looked up and I saw somebody laughing and I just thought to myself, holy shit, they're able to experience so much joy. And here I am like dying inside. And we really never know what people are going through. And as the same time that we can experience so much pain, there can be somebody next to us that's experiencing so much joy. And the more that we go in and allow ourselves to feel our pain, the more we will allow ourselves to appreciate the joy. And the more we will bask in the joy for longer and realize that every feeling, every moment, every experience is impermanent. And it's all coming together to create this beautiful web of life that we don't have to understand in the moment. We don't have to understand it in the moment. And there were so many times where it just felt like the world was fucking ending for so many years. And, and now I look at myself and I see these parts of me that are just so, so grateful to be free, to be okay with being seen after feeling so much shame for my body and all that I am and for hating my body for looking in the mirror. I remember being home in Massachusetts, coming home for the summer after this happened. This happened in April and I came home for the summer after the school year. And um, I remember 
being naked in my bathroom, uh, looking in the mirror at the tattoo that I have on my hip that says everything happens for a reason. And I would just look there and cry and try not to make any fucking noise so that nobody could hear me. So that my mom couldn't hear me. So that my dad couldn't hear me. Because I didn't want them to know what it was that I was feeling and what it was that I was going through. Because I was so afraid that my pain would hurt them and I was so much more worried about them and I was so busy trying to protect them, trying to protect everybody in my life that I wasn't terrified to let myself feel anything at all. Because when they saw me suffering, they would suffer and that broke my heart and it made me feel extremely guilty. And I felt like my world was collapsing and I couldn't tell anybody about it. And I couldn't allow myself to feel it. And of course, we're going to suppress body uh, trauma in the body when we're moving through things like this, when we're having these big feelings and we don't know what to do with them. And people don't know how to respond to us. And people look at you like you're broken. And you look in the mirror and you fucking hate your body and you feel your body rejecting you from the inside out and you wonder why. And you try not to ask yourself why. You try to find reason. You try to find gratitude. And when you are in that moment, staring at your body naked, feeling it reject you from the inside out. And if you don't know what that feels like, I don't know how to put that into words. But when you feel it like ripping out from your fucking womb, ripping out, that's what it felt like. It felt like it was just getting ripped out all the time randomly and when you feel that and you see yourself in the mirror and you think body you did this to me (laughs) body you did this to me face you did this to me there is an inseparable connection to shame and it's really hard to not hate yourself It's really hard to not uh, beat yourself up for for experiencing this. And when the justice system isn't just, it's even harder to not feel the blame and the shame for yourself. Because our justice system is not just. It's not. And what I went through for nine months fighting with the fucking Naval Academy and the way they treated me and the way they violated my boundaries after the way I was violated. That is not just and that is not okay and I did not deserve that. And it should not have been up to me to have to either remove myself from the situation and lose my case or to to compromise all that I am and stay involved. And they pushed me so hard and I ended up removing myself from the case. And I am so proud of myself for that because I chose myself over choosing revenge. And it was a fucking hard-ass decision. But it was nine months of these people calling me over and over and over again. And I remember there was one day where I was in my dorm in college. And um, I am literally leaking from every fucking part of my body right now. I wish I had a tissue. This is, why did I not think of getting a tissue? Somebody tell me. All right, wait, I'm going to pause this. Okay, no fear, a bitch is back. All right. Holy shit, I got a tissue. Okay, so <sighs> I needed a tissue for this. I don't know why I didn't think like, oh, tissue is a good idea. We're talking about trauma. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Also, if I burp, don't worry about it. It's just a release of energy and um, it's it's good. It's really good. It's transformation, transmutation. And we love that. 
<sighs> okay, my loves. So I remember I was in my dorm and I had the the room to myself in that moment. And it was, we were moving through midterms and I had like nine missed calls from the general of uh, some general from the Naval Academy. And I had issued this, this case had been in progress for nine months and I had asked them to not contact me. I had a no contact order. They had to go through my advocate and they were trying to push me out of the case because they knew that if I removed myself from the case, um, like nothing that it couldn't continue and there wouldn't be the, the force to continue the case and the fight. So they were trying to push me out. They were trying to push me to remove myself and it was midterms. I had two midterms that day and my phone had gone off nine times and I had like six voice notes from this general guy. And I just sat on the, uh, the edge of my bed and I was down on my knees and I was praying and I was like, I don't know what to do. I didn't know if I should stay in that situation and um, continue to fight for justice or, and I was so afraid that he would do it to somebody else. And if I removed myself, that I would be the cause of him doing this to somebody else. And, and I ended up choosing myself. Uh, and it was like one of the hardest fucking decisions of my whole life. And the first time I ever did a distance healing on myself or a Reiki session where I went back in time, because that's some of the magic of Reiki as well. You can time travel. Woo. <laughs> Welcome to the woo side of the internet. Um, and I went back to that moment. And I just held myself. I just gave myself so much love and it was so fucking powerful. It was like the most powerful healing session of my life to just be there for me when I needed myself most and out of every moment in my entire life. That is the one where I needed the most love. And because in that moment, I was still navigating from a space of feeling completely dead inside and depleted. And I hated myself and it felt like every day was getting worse. And yeah, it's really, really strong. So, oh, my Lanta. Oh, how's everybody doing? How are we doing listening to this? Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for hearing me and being present with me and taking the time to just sit with me for the duration of this podcast because I know this is fucking intense. And if you have ever been through something like this, I just want to talk to you for a second. I want to speak directly to you. And I want to tell you that you never deserved what happened to you and that your body deserves to be loved because it has held you through every fucking emotion that you have ever felt and that you deserve peace in your mind, your body, and your soul and that it's time to choose it's time to choose to live again because I know that a part of you dies when you go through something like this you can't not die when you go through something like this. And also, my love, you have to choose to live again. You have to choose to find love when you look at yourself in the mirror. You have to choose to allow yourself to be loved. You have to decide that you are the one who loves yourself every fucking day, no matter what it is that you have been through. Okay? And your body is so beautiful and I'm so sorry that it was weaponized against you you never deserved that you never deserved that 
And I know it's hard to feel the things that you feel as you move through and you process and you integrate. And also it's non-negotiable. You have to learn how to be in your body again. You have to learn how to feel the feelings and the emotions that come up when you return to your body and when you process. Because, because if you don't, it gets stored and stuck inside of you and you never know when that will come out again. For me, I got a DUI. I could have killed somebody. I could have killed somebody. And I'm so thankful that I didn't. I'm so thankful that I'm okay. I'm so thankful that no one is hurt. It could have been a lot worse. And that was bad enough. (laughs) That was fucking bad enough, okay? So, my loves. This has been a journey, huh? And to talk about it and to share about it, I don't know why I feel so called to talk about it right now, right here. But I know there's somebody out here that needs to hear these words too and know that they're not alone and know that they deserve to be supported and that choosing to live is in choosing like life in its fullest expression not just choosing to fucking be numb because it's so natural for us to just want to numb out and to not feel but my love you have to feel if you want to live again you have to and you deserve all the support that you need I know it's not easy and I know it takes a lot of courage and a lot of strength and it takes everything we have inside of us literally and make the fucking time. Find the fucking courage. You have to find it. Nobody else is going to find it for you. Stop doing shit that confirms that you're not worthy. Stop doing shit that allows you to self-sabotage. Stop doing shit that brings you back to feeling like a piece of shit. Stop. Because if you don't choose yourself, who the fuck will? And we get to create whatever relationship we want to have with ourselves. Which means we have to stop judging ourselves. What do you need to heal? What's the radical fucking answer? What is it that you need? Because your healing journey is going to look different than mine. And mine is going to look different than the next person's. And we have to learn how to get in touch with every single part of us so that we can see what those parts need in order to reintegrate, in order to fully be whole. And when we avoid the parts of ourselves that feel the most We really cut ourselves off from feeling anything. And you deserve to feel joy. So if you don't let yourself go into the sorrow, if you don't let yourself feel the pain, it's really hard to allow yourself to enjoy on the other side of the spectrum because the more deeply we allow ourselves to feel on one side, the more deeply we'll open ourselves up to feel in the other direction. Everything that we move through is impermanent. And trauma lives in our bodies. And unfortunately, it took me something very fucking serious and wild to experience in order to feel that fully. And it's also taken sobriety. It's also taken breath work. It's like there's but that's my medicine right so what's yours i'm asking you what it is that you need to feel and what it is that what tools you need to support yourself as you feel because this whatever it is that you're moving through in your life it's a part of your story it's making you who you are And no, I did not ever want to go through something like this. 
And also now that I have gone through something like this, I understand on the physical, physiological, mental, emotional, spiritual levels, what it feels like. And which means I can support people as they move through this in a fucking powerful way. I didn't ask for that, but I got it. And I will, I will take that any day because I cannot uh, even put into words how powerful it is to support somebody and to make somebody feel loved when they feel so broken and to just be somebody who looks at people like they're not broken. You're not broken. I sit here and I fucking cry and I am not broken. I know I am not broken. I know I deserve love. And I know I also deserve to express all parts of me and I deserve to share my story. And this happened a, how long ago did this happen? Um, it happened eight years ago. Eight fucking years ago. And here I am still crying and I'm fucking healing. And it's so beautiful. And I cry not just for me, but I cry for anybody who's experienced something like this. And I cry out of so much love. That's why I cry. I cry because I love me and because I love you. And I love so deeply. And this experience has brought me closer to love than I ever thought I needed to go because it's taught me unconditional love. It's taught me how to love myself without conditions. It's taught me that I don't fit in a fucking box. I don't. I never will. I'm not a fucking good girl. I'm not a slut. I'm not uh, a rape victim. I'm not a survivor of sexual assault. I'm not any of these things individually. I'm not a bad bitch. I'm not a kinky king. I'm not any of these things individually. I am a divine fucking being with a lot of feelings and a big ass heart and a whole lot of power. And I get to decide how I want to express that in each and every moment. And it's forever fucking evolving, but I allow my sacral to lead the way because my sacral is what is healing. My sacral is my sexual energy center. It is my power center. It is my connection to my intuition. And that is what leads the fucking way because that is what brings me closer to myself. That is what guides the healing process. It's not, oh, what makes me look best or what makes me, what makes this person like me or whatever the fuck. I don't even know what a motivating factor would be, but it's not any of that. It's not any of the external shit. It's how do I love myself more and what does Allie need in this moment? And how can I open myself up to more deeper love? And how do I take myself out of the fucking box that the world has put me in? And how do I allow myself to just be as I am in my fucking power? And if people want to be a part of this, they're more than welcome. Open heart, open arms for all people, all beings to be welcomed in this space with boundaries. Just going to pop that in there. One other thing. Spiritual community tends to lean into the sides of teaching us how we should show up in the world. And I realized recently that doesn't align with me. The shoulds, the trying to fit us into boxes. And you know why? Because I've never fucking fit in a box since this experience. Um, I realize like I am not just one thing, nor can I ever be one thing, nor do I want to fucking wear white clothes every day and no shoes, like <laughs> nor do I want to sit in kirtan every day. Like I am a divine being as I am. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with any of those things. I think that it just depends on whoever you are and how it aligns. But we humans 
are the ones who judge. And I choose to show up radically as myself in full expression because as I mentioned, my intuition guides and my sacral guides, and that doesn't make me any less spiritual because I choose to be a sexy motherfucking bitch. It doesn't. And (laughs) anyone who believes that or judges me, that's their ego, their humanness interfering with my divinity and, or seeing me in my divinity and having some resistance because they're not fully expressed in theirs. Okay. Has nothing to do with me. So that is a part of my rebrand as well is feeling, um, Like it's time for me to just embody all that I am. And I realized I hid certain parts of myself from the world, especially in certain communities. And I'm done with that. I am fucking done with that. So bad, which is only 2.0. This is the rawest it's ever going to be. Scorpio season coming in hot. I love you all so much. I have my period and I'm really just a cry mess. So I'm going to leave now. <laughs> I'm going to leave this podcast session. So how was this for the first fucking episode of season two? Holy shit. This was unexpected. All right. I love you all. Drink some water. Take care of yourself. If you tuned in, I appreciate you with my whole heart. Mwah. All right, my loves, if my words are resonating, if you are feeling held by my presence, if you are feeling supported, I will extend my hand out to support you more deeply if it feels aligned with your mind, body, and soul. Here are some ways to get more connected with the bad witch motherfucking crew. So I will be hosting a free event on Halloween. Mark your calendars on October 31st at 7 p.m. Central Time. It will be a 90-minute event. It's called Bad Witchery 101. We love that. So that will be a way for me to support you um, at a live event. How much motherfucking fun. Okay, also, if you'd like to go deeper, I am currently offering a one-to-one five-week intensive healing container. And this is one of my favorite offerings at the moment just because of the way it came to me. It came to me in a dream. I woke up in the middle of the night. The universe gave me exactly what I needed to do, what I was supposed to offer, the pricing, literally everything. So I just know it's so very aligned with the universe. And I love receiving messages in that way with such clarity because it just reassures me that yes this is meant for the world so if this resonates i have special spooky season pricing up until the end of october and i have a few spots left so if you're interested i will leave the information in the show notes so you can check that out and send in an application And besides that, really, really fucking exciting. I will be traveling to Boston, Mass in Austin, Texas around the holidays. And I will be hosting some pop-up live events in both of these places. So get excited. More information will be dropping soon and we will be able to connect in person. Also, speaking of in-person connection, retreats are dropping so soon. They may even have been dropped by the time that this podcast drops, but time will tell. I will leave the most up-to-date information in the show notes, and I am so excited to connect with you in person. I also highly encourage you to check out the other free resources that I'm offering online at the moment, so definitely sign up for my newsletter. I am constantly offering so much magic and so much wisdom and so much information and so many free resources in my newsletter because it's just such a special space for me to nurture. It's such a special way for me to connect with people through writing. If you don't know this about me, I motherfucking love to write. So definitely sign up for my newsletter. Also on my YouTube channel, um, every month I will be doing an energy reading and I also drop YouTube videos uh, every week. With that, it's amazing to be able to receive um, like the words that I'm saying and the lessons that I have, the teachings via the podcast and then do the practices via YouTube and then follow through with the resources that I offer every month um, surrounding the energy reading to allow you to dive into what it is that's happening energetically throughout the month to support you as you flow with the energy as opposed to fighting it. 
Also, Bad Witches Only has a new Instagram account, so you can follow me there. And if you haven't already, please review Bad Witches Only on Apple Podcasts, okay? I am so grateful and so thankful to be able to offer so many free resources with the world and to show up with so much value and so much potency. And I couldn't do this without your support. So if you can support me in any way, shape, or form, know I am here to support you. But you show up for me, I show up for you. This is a reciprocal relationship here and I could not be more thankful for that. I love this community so fucking much. You guys are the best. Thank you. We will see you next time.